Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. Thank you so much for being here today. I talked with Dr. Sheila Carroll, and we had two main themes today about the destructive nature of food and how that affects our mood, and two, how we can actually learn to feel our feelings to help not only us, but our kids, our nephews, our nieces, any children in your life, how it all starts with us in terms of eating, in terms of regulation. It all starts with us as role models, parents, et cetera. So I really enjoyed the conversation. One of the things I really identified with that I've been personally practicing is how to get in touch and identify your feelings. So how to sit with your feelings. And if you're upset and your things are going on, how to sit with your feelings rather than grab something from the refrigerator or pantry. And making that connection is so important. So if you're a parent, this episode's for you. If you're a child, get your parents to listen to this episode with you. <laughs> no, if you're an uncle, a, a role model, any person, an aunt who wants to deal and help their little ones in their life, this is an episode for you. And if you're somebody like me who just wants to learn about the how to better regulate your emotions, how to eat better and, and make that connection between your brain and food and mood and all that great stuff, this is the episode for you. So stay tuned. And I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who wrote in and said that they listen to this show on their way to work and they love the 15 minute, 20 minute format and it really helps them. So I appreciate you out there who wrote your comments in. If you have any feedback, I'll put a link to our survey. This is a show we do out of love and we're doing this to help you and hopefully it is helping you. So if it is, please just drop us a line and say, hey, thank you for doing the show. Here are the topics I like or any feedback you have. And if you really have time, put a review in to Apple Podcasts. Again, that's the only way we get attention so other people can hear our messages. All right, enough talk. Let's get right into the episode. Cheers. Just last week, I did an episode, a solo episode on food and mood. You know, the, the, the whole connection between how you feel and and the foods you're eating. And my, I just shared a little bit about my journey, which was I uh, did. Do you know the Whole30 program? Yeah, I do. It's So it's the Whole30 program. I, I agree with a lot of it. Some of that I don't, but it's all about what you were taught. You talk about in your, in your food mm. list and everything that the whole foods that you, sh you should eat, right? Just real food and stuff. And yeah. the main thing for me was getting rid of added sugar. Yeah. So Me I just, too. so game I talked game changing yeah. from a, like a mental health perspective, number one, but from a physical perspective too, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I know as a pediatrician, uh, you, you talk to parents and, and, and kids all the time about, you know, eating, eating healthy and reducing the amount of sugar. I, I have a lot of nephews and nieces and there's just so much sugar out there. It's crazy, right? It's, it's literally insane it's like honestly criminal the fact that like the government lets i mean it, we are making our kids so sick and miserable mm. and it's so painful to watch to tell you the truth you know oh, absolutely and they just love it but they love it because us our human brains were wired to love it it's normal so it's not like oh well they're, they're just having bad choices or they're just having you know, it's, it's like, 
it, you know, we're like an animal, we are an animal species, you know, when you really take a bunch of giant steps backwards and understand how our bodies evolved over time. And we evolved to really like sweet things. They used to be rare, but they were always like good for us. And there's no poisonous things in nature that are, that are sweet. Um, and, and so we evolved and it was something that kept us alive over the millennia. And, and now it's killing us. Now it's harming us. So in, Back in the day, the sweetest things you can get were like what berries and fruit yeah, and maybe yeah. some honey or something like yeah, that. Exactly. And so were we wired to like if there's berries, just eat a lot of berries because that's yeah. it's a good food for us. Right. And so now right. it's hurt that 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 uh evolution is really hurting us now, huh? I know, I know. Well, are, we just haven't, you know, the past 50, 60 years of the manufacturing these foods our our human body just can't handle that like for example you know I, I dropped my son off at basketball practice this morning I saw a little kid with he had a backpack on two big Gatorade bottles mm -hmm. of you know each one of those Gatorade bottles well depending on the flavor but 39 grams of sugar in uh. one little drink so he's gonna be you know drinking 80 grams of sugar who knows what else he's eating he was a thin little guy so but it's not about his weight so much it's just about inside his body like the human body is just not designed to handle that huge mm. sugar load and that is just going to be pushing all of that fructose into his liver oh it's just like one specific thing like what is the amount of added sugar a child or an adult should have in their day Okay. Yeah, these are, there are recommendations from like um, the American Heart Association, the World Health Organization. They say the maximum amount of sugar, a, a child, so a baby zero to two, they say no added sugars. So all of those little, you know, yo baby yogurts and baby puffs and baby cookies and stuff, they're not, those, those all have added sugars. So zero to two, zero grams. And then two to 19 or two to adulthood, 25 grams of added sugars a day. And you just said one Gatorade has 35 or 39 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've blown yeah. it right there. Yeah. I mean, you were just overboard. Or I cereal. Mean, cereal as yeah, well. Breakfast cereal. Um, anything we feed our, anything we have, you know, this is what parent, this is what the struggle. And it's so real because the environment, like the culture we're swimming in is, is such a challenge. You are swimming upstream to like keep your, to preserve and protect your child's health. I know that you work with kids and from reading your material and listening to you a little bit, it's not about the kids so much. It's about the parents yeah. teaching the kids. Yeah. How, how, how do you help to address the kids? And specifically for this show too. How does, when you see kids, how does the food affect their mood and their, their behavior and their, that type of thing? And how, how do you talk to parents about if your kid's having a lot of issues, it might be food related. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on where the parent is on that openness spectrum. Um, sometimes parents are not open to hearing that at all. Uh, and honestly, I do think like sometimes, you know, for my, I have an 11 year old, my son, he can eat a bunch of sugar. He doesn't get hyper. He doesn't get kind of crazy and out of control, but some kids do. And some parents swear by that. 
So parents come in and say, listen, Dr. Carroll, I mean, I, I have a hard time getting my kid to eat anything. If, no. if I can just get them to eat cereal, I'm, I'm excited. So I know it has some sugar in it, but the kid needs to eat. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> do you I hear know. that at all? <laughs> oh my gosh. One million times a day. So I just say, you know, well, it depends on how well I know that, you know, but um, if, if the cereal factory went out of business, you know, what, what would we do? What would you do then? You know, of course your child can eat something besides cereal. I, I think we have a lot of parents have a lot of limiting beliefs about what's possible for their child. Mm. And yeah, they might not be happy about that. They might not be happy if you stop buying their favorite sugary cereal. But I, I try to explain it as um, it's like a safety issue. You know, if my son said, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to school unless you give me a margarita, you know, or if I, I need a beer, you know, or I'm like, I'm not giving that to him because I don't think it's good for him. It's mm. not healthy for him. Mm. So yes, of course we want our kids to eat, but every child is capable of eating real whole unprocessed foods. Mm. We just have to figure out ways to you know, it's just a transition. So it's hard. It's hard when you want your kid to eat something healthy and they reject it. But I just say like, well, I'm not giving up. It's okay. You know, I'm going to keep trying and we're going to, you know, we're, and, and here's why, here's why it's so important for you. You know, here's, you know, to, I explained to my son, I said, I know this food. You love it. You love Doritos. I said, it's fine once in a while, but right. our bodies weren't designed to handle that. Mm. Yeah. Tell that to a five-year-old who's, who's, who's crying. Right. But I, I totally understand. I don't have to yeah, give myself, but, but, but I, mean, I, I see it. Thing. Yeah. We wouldn't drive with our ki kid with a, without a seatbelt on. This is where the parents, mm. parents are like, my kid won't eat anything but chicken nuggets. And honestly, they will because if the chicken nugget factory went out of business and there were, you just couldn't even possibly buy chicken nuggets, mm -hmm. do you think he would stop eating permanently? You know? So you see, again, so with, with the sugar and all that, you, you must see a lot of behavioral issues with kids. And, and then you talk to the parents. Do you see once they start themselves, start to eat better and feel better, does that trickle down is that how it starts 100 percent. yeah then you really feel bought in and you're like oh my gosh when i gave up sugar i felt amazing my energy level i had more like clear thinking i slept better i just felt better mm. and then we want that for our kids too yeah i mean sleeping better i can tell you that just doing this recently reducing the amount of sugar my sleep all of a sudden just got so much better. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, like what you're thinking, your skin clears up a little bit. It's just a, it's like a magical thing. So we're switching our gears a little bit, kind of related to this. You want to talk about how you can help parents, how parents can help their kids name their feelings and, and oh, yeah. identify their feelings. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so, you know, being, having that skill of being able to feel your feelings and, you know, have you heard of the whole name it to tame it kind of thing? Yes. Like, yeah. So that's super powerful. Dan Siegel, I think, came up with that. Um, but what it's just so helpful in, on so many different levels for a child. 
to allow your child to understand that negative emotions are part of life. And you are going to feel bad, you know, a lot of the time, 50% of the time, at least probably, right? Because if it, if all of the human emotions are on a spectrum and sometimes, so sometimes we don't, we, we disconnect our thinking from our actual feeling in our body. And it's really powerful to connect, reconnect those two things. Because for, for example, if you feel fear, if I scared you, or, you know, jumped out at you or something, what actually is going on in your body is a neurochemical response to that, to what I just did, you know, I scared you, and you're body had a chemical reaction that made your heart rate go up, what sweaty, whatever. Um, and so it's actually in your body that you're feeling it. And it's we have similar, similar feeling, other feelings, sadness, frustration, um, all of the things. And, and the same thing with happy feelings, the same thing with, with like positive feelings. Um, they're actually in our body. We, but we don't we don't really ever talk about it like that. We talk about it like, oh, it's up in your head and choose a different thought or you think something different or or it's okay. Um, but when you can really learn to understand what's going on in your physical body, why am I, I'm having this feeling, okay, and I'm safe to have this feeling. I'm not, because what I saw was with, in my office was, was a lot of anxiety, with a lot of kids with anxiety. Anxiety is a normal human emotion. And it, it has protected us over this millennia again. We are just, you know, you're always scanning the horizon. Is that dangerous for me? Is that dangerous for me? Is that dangerous for me? Um, but nowadays, like, even things are triggering our anxiety. For example, like, oh, someone didn't like my Instagram post, or, <laughs> you know, some kid said something to me, and we, you know, so, but we're having that very ancient physiologic response. But what's going on is that kids don't know that that's normal. And then they start to panic and think something's really wrong. And so do their parents. They become anxious about their own anxiety. And they become mad, you know, or they become sad about their sadness. Um, and so just if parents can know, like, all of these feelings are normal. This is normal. And feelings can't harm us. And so let's learn to actually just feel them and they say like the these experts who monitor these chemicals and stuff say like it takes about 90 seconds for that chemical you know feeling to go through your body hmm. uh, and so if we can so what do we adults do when we're bored or we're angry or we, you know we usually do some a lot of people are in the habit of quote buffering doing something you know like eating something because what does that do? It kind of changes our chemical, neurochemical response. It tamps down those lonely feelings, bored feelings, restless feelings, whatever. Um, but the, tr the trick is like learning to feel your feelings and accepting them, knowing they're not going to last forever. It's just part of how... You know, it's just part uh, okay. of Okay. I have a scenario. Out. I have a scenario. My my uh nephew comes home from from school and he 
he's really just angry and upset and and just is acting out because something happened. I don't know what happened. You're only really telling me how can I get him to start to to slow down and kind of be and how do I help him feel whatever he needs to feel? So, you know, it's usually right in the moment is not the time to practice this skill, right? Right. Um, I, I, my son, this happens to my son. So my recommendation is to just allow him, stay with him, stay with him in that feeling. And, oh, I see, oh, wow, you, you seem really frustrated. Or, you know, I could, I, it seems to me like you're frustrated. And then, then just silence. So don't, being non-judgmental, don't try to make it go away. Don't try to make it seem, you know, horrible or we got to get you out of this feeling, you know, like, oh, wow, you're really frustrated right now. Is, is that is that why like you, you you hear a lot of times that that men try to fix things right when when mm. their spouse um, it doesn't have to be just men, but their spouse is, is upset about something and and, you know, they just need to get it out and talk about it. And we're trying to, you know, fix it. Right. Not our mistake is just letting being there, just like you said, sit with it, yeah. helping them be with it. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. And, and then maybe, say, then maybe. You know, yeah. So-and-so left me out at lunch or, you know, whatever happened. Oh, wow. That must, that must really feel mm-hmm. what you're feeling and validate their feeling. And it's okay. You know, instead of like, oh, it's fine. So many people love you. You're totally good. You know, like kids are like, no, thank you for that. <laughs> so it is, is it as simple as, and I'm looking at for my own behavior. If I'm starting, if I'm upset and I'm you know anxious or whatever, should I just pause and just kind of try to identify what, what, with what I'm feeling at the moment? Is that? The I, yes. Yeah. That's a skill to practice over time. I mean, so for parents, like if you're, you know, you want to have these boundaries, you don't want to have like your teenager boy punching the wall or doing crazy behavior, but you want to be saying like, no, it's my job as your parent to keep you safe. You are a hundred percent allowed to feel whatever you're feeling, but I can't let you punch the wall or scream at your sister or hit, Hmm. you know, whatever. So there's boundaries around that, but go ahead and feel your feelings. It's fine. Be mad, be upset. And it's okay, you know, Mm. and then, then those feelings, pass honestly you know they they might they might go down and they may or may not be willing to talk to you you know and one of the things i i not i noted down when you were talking is about being anxious about your own anxious feeling so mm-hmm. if you're not aware that it's okay to feel then yeah. you're going to be anxious about feeling anything and then that starts yeah. the whole process so it's guess- very fearful yeah. of that when they don't feel they they feel anxious about something and then their parents like oh shit you know or or, you know oh gosh i noticed my kid is something's not right here then the kid is like oh my gosh something's not right i'm even of course i'm right to be anxious you know what i mean or 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 i really they're it just it's just a circle that keeps perpetuating you know itself and and we just we just don't pay attention to that um, as role models, as parents, because yeah. we probably try to fix things too. Your kid's upset. You want to fix it, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't you want... feel good when your kid's upset or your friend's upset or, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, it triggers lots of things in people to be like, oh gosh, this is so uncomfortable. And then you know? it swings back to food, right? Because if you have this pattern, you're not feeling you're anxious, then everybody wants to go to the fridge or eat mm -hmm. or whatever to kind of resolve that situation. So it sounds like this yeah. is part of your strategy to help parents is get in touch with your feelings as well as a weight loss. Yeah. Tool. One of my, one of my coaches says, you don't have a overeating problem. You have an under feeling problem. Wow. And eating because we're tamp trying to tamp down our uncomfortable feelings, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is so helpful. And it really relates to what a lot of us um, are struggling with and dealing with. Now you have a resource that I downloaded um, yesterday as well about helping kids. It's like a 10 step guide oh, for kids. Yeah. Can you talk about that and how people can reach out to you? Sure. I, I, I made a, um, a guide called, I think it's called 10 steps to transform your child's health. And it's, it's big picture stuff. It's talks about, um, sleep, um, nutrition, exercise, some of the emotional regulation skills we were talking about. It's just, it's things that parents can do. And because this is where we have control, we can't control our kids. The, yes, we, we can offer them things, but we can't, um, the only person we can control is ourselves. So this guide is 10 steps that parents can do to set the stage to improve their child's health. Oh, that's um, Yeah. And they can, I'll put the link down in the show notes, but you can, they can just go to your site and download it. Cause I did it. It was very easy. And you also offer a call if you want to, to yeah. talk further about this. Right. Sure. Yeah. I love working with parents who are interested in, um, well, they're interested in improving their own health and improve and by improving their own health, by definition, their child's health will improve. Um, this to me, this is the way I was a pediatrician for 20, 20 plus years and the current model of like bringing your child to the doctor, my child is gaining weight too quickly for, you know, for their growth or, and okay. Then when the doctor tries to talk to the child and the child, okay, you need to make different food choices. You need to get more sleep. You need to drink more. You know, the poor child, their brains are just not, even if they really wanted to do it, their brains are not mature enough to make those decisions on the regular that they need to, to really change. So that's why I switched to working only with parents because the parents are the key to help their children. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Carroll. It's been it's been great talking to you and definitely put the links below. And, and you really helped me reinforce the dangers of sugar and how important diet is to our mood and being in touch with ourselves is, is key. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.